No, I don't drink at all. I mean, I have a beer every once in a while. And my parents are, my parents-in-law, they drink a glass of wine a night. Are they just like raging alcoholics? A glass of wine a night? <laughs> Did I stutter? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> nope, but you brought home a big old heap in attitude. How many drinks did you have tonight? <laughs> I didn't have any. I'm at the office. <laughs> oh, <laughs> drinking and driving. No, uh, I'm not. No, this is ridiculous. I'm glad I'm no. recording this. What? I'm glad I'm recording this. I have my recorder on, too. Thank <laughs> you very much. <laughs> Don't think you're the only one that can't edit. <laughs> uh, there was one more thing I wanted to say. Oh, we bought some wine that smelled like you tasted it, and it tasted like ham. Ew. Yeah. Gross. I, I know. And my father-in-law was like, well, maybe if we eat some cheese with it. I was like, yeah, and put it on a sandwich. Like, it's disgusting. <laughs> like, it was gross. gross. This is Marvel 616 Politics Issue 31 with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. Forgot where I was for a second there. I was like, with the amazing, and I got nothing. Kreskin. Kreskin? The amazing Kreskin? You don't know him? No, uh uh-uh. Who's that? Oh, he's amazing. He's some kind of, like, magician guy. Is he some kind of, is he, is he, like, Penn and Teller? No, he, like, oh, I don't know. He does, like, magic and stuff. So, what, let me ask you, you, is it just a personal choice? You don't drink any, I mean. Wait, are we recording the episode or not? Yeah, we are, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now we're talking about drinking, and we haven't done any kind of intro or anything. We did the intro, and now I want to finish our conversation. (laughs) No, I don't drink anything at all with alcohol in it. Right, I want to know why. Oh, well, my dad was a raging alcoholic, and it probably just isn't a good idea to drink anything. Oh, well, now that you've shared that with the entire body politic, I feel really bad that I backed <laughs> you into a corner. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, even besides that, I'm a I'm like a big control freak. And for me to not be in control of something, you know, with alcohol inhibiting me in any way, shape, or form, it, I just don't want that. So, I'm good. No, yeah, I totally understand that. That makes sense. So, this is Marvel 616 Politics. You can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. You can visit our website at marvel616politics.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at 616politics. It was just too long for Twitter. I don't know. I don't know why they put a limit on it, but we had to go with just 616politics. That's okay. That's okay. You can... uh... You can hit us up on Facebook, too. You know, screw Twitter. We don't need them. Facebook will let us use the whole name, Marvel 616 Politics. So uh, you can definitely hit us up on Facebook.com slash Marvel 616 Politics with polls, questions, all kinds of different stuff, conversations, previews. We got it all there. Um, Then you can also give us a call if you got a question or comment or just something smart-alecky to say at 616-755-TINA. And you know what? We did get a call, so we're just going to go right into it. We yeah. thank our sponsors for this episode. That's right. Who are they? DCBService.com. And what do they do, Mayo? They have the best discounts on the latest and greatest comic books from every company, not just Marvel. 
that's that's amazing. But really, why would you need anything else, right? Absolutely. Come right to your door. It's Marvel. It's DCBService.com, partnered with the best podcast in the nation, Marvel 616 Politics. It's a great, happy marriage. Man, oh man. And I tell you what, this this is a true story, all right? True story. Tell you who it. So I ordered my stuff for next month, and like... I put I trade on that and now first of all all the all the hardcovers they come shrink wrapped. This is fantastic. Like you never have to worry about bent pages or anything like that. I love that. And then um, secondly, I ordered it and they sent the hardcover to me even before I paid. They were like, oh, we have that in stock. Here you go. We just think that you're going to pay. And so, because I said, okay, well, you can choose, you know, do you pay credit card? Do you want to pay a check? Do you want to pay PayPal? And uh, I said, oh, check, because I didn't have my credit card on me, and I still wanted to make the order. So, they just went ahead and sent it to me in good faith. Dude. How awesome is that? That's crazy. That's awesome. That is. That is crazy awesome, if you're from the North. Did you end up paying, or did you rip them off? What? what? I'm not going to rip off our sponsors. Well, I, I wasn't sure if you were like drinking when you placed the order or, or what was going on. If you were of sound mind. <laughs> no, I wasn't drinking. You make it sound like I did. No. <laughs> Look, first of all, I don't buy alcohol. Um, it's if I go over to a friend's house and they're grilling, then I will have a beer. And my parents-in-law brought wine over to the house. So, no, I don't really buy alcohol. I never have it. I don't even buy soda, man. Or pop or coke or whatever it is. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I, all we have in our house is milk and water. And then there's that one bottle of V8 in the back that's been there for like six Ugh. months. Gross. Well, I mean, I like it. I just, you know, you need to be in the mood. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think V8 tastes like butt. Oh, oh, that raises all sorts of questions. Oh, yeah, I guess not. Bad analogy. (laughs) That's terrible. And I guess VA won't be sponsoring this podcast anytime soon. No, we're going to be like, hey, episode 35, V8 (laughs) has sued us. (laughs) All right, wait, let's let's just go into our voicemail. All right, ready? All right. That is a sultry voice. Hey, guys, it's Aaron Chappelle. I am just calling. I know I asked this on the website once before, but... For all of the body politic to know, what are the books to look out for for X-Men Schism? Where will the action be happening, and where will we see the most of the division? Um, also, is there there's a mini-series coming out with that as well, the X-Men Schism series, or not? So, All right, thanks. Looking forward to it. Uh, see ya. Bye. Excellent question by one of our faithful listeners. And actually, the only guy, the only listener, we have a hundred, we have 855 fans on Facebook. This is the only guy who follows us on Google Buzz. Oh, yeah. I don't even follow us on Google Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll get an email. And I'll be like, what is this Google Buzz? And it'll be, <laughs> it'll be from Aaron. And he'll be like, yes, but what do you think about this? And then I'll write him back, and then we have a conversation on Buzz. I don't really even know how it works. I mean, it seems, <laughs> seems like email to me, so I I, I don't know. <laughs> and yes, he is he is correct. It is a very sultry voice. Uh, yeah, you had to stick that in there from last episode. Great. 
Hey, many fans are are talking about it, Andy. <laughs> fans aren't talking about my three plays. <laughs> That's a lie. All Maybe, right, hey, uh, you got the answer to his question? Let's hear it. I do. That was a great question about schism. It looks like schism is going to take place um, in the well. There's the prelude to schism, the four issue miniseries, and then the miniseries itself, X Men Schism. That's where the whole story is going to take place. But obviously, the ramifications are going to be felt directly in Wolverine, directly in Uncanny, and, and X Men, and in New Mutants. It's going to be, and even in Generation Hope. Um, a couple of the different interviews have said that they're going to be felt in, in all those because it's going to be such a, a big event, especially in the lives of people like Cyclops and Wolverine. And since those two characters are so integral to uh, the whole X-Titles line, you're going to feel it in everything, but the story proper is going to take place in the prelude um, and then in the miniseries itself, X-Men Schism. Now, would you say this is bigger than Fear Itself? No. But I, mean, I wouldn't. It's almost more important, though, isn't it? Well, uh, well, Fear Itself hasn't played itself out yet. Fear Itself is stupid. It is pretty dumb. But I think Fear Itself is bigger because it's company-wide, whereas X-Men Schism seems to be centralized to just the X title. Yeah, I would think so. But what I can't figure out is that they're having... I mean, they, they said, okay, we're done with big events, right? Okay, so that <laughs> that wasn't true because the heroic yeah. age is just as big an event as um, Decimation was and yep. Dark Reign because there was no Dark Reign miniseries, there was no Decimation miniseries. So basically, uh, they never stopped, and so now we're on to Fear itself. But they're doing Fear itself, and um, what's that thing? The the Spider-Man infestation, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to do X-Men Schism all at the same time. Yeah. That's crazy. Why would they do that? Why not space them out? I agree. I, I think somebody asked Tom Brevoort about that over in Newsarama, and he just, I think he just kind of wiggled his way around the question. Hmm. I, I mean, ultimately, we are going to uh, support Marvel's decisions of crossovers with our green dollar bills. Yes, and I will be buying them all, of course. That's the thing. Like, if they weren't appealing to us, like, it's ridiculously appealing that there's going to be this huge division in the X-Men. Like, I got to pick that up, whether I got the funds for it or, you know, what I need to do. You know, I got to. You're a huge Spider-Man fan. So Spider-Man Infestation or Spider-Island or whatever it's called, you know, like, that you, you want to pick that up, right? Yeah, I do. I just... Actually, right now, I'm more into X-Men than I am in Spider-Man right now. Whoa, I didn't know that. I know, I know. I am, actually, because I, ever since big time, I have not enjoyed, like, you know when the stuff comes out? That's, like, one of the last ones I read. Really? Yeah, because I'm, I'm really digging X-Force, and I do like Legacy. Um, Uncanny, not as much, but, you know, there's other, other stuff I like to pick up. I've been picking up FF. I'm yeah. picking up Secret Warriors. Whenever Shield comes out, I I I'm always jumping on that. Huh. Well, hopefully it'll improve. Maybe Spider Island will get it all turned around. I hope so. I have high hopes. I just I don't I tend not to like Venlente stuff. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, good gracious, did you read Alpha Flight point one zero point one? No. Oh, are you a fan of Alpha Flight? No. Okay. I, I I can't 
it's ter- it was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> I was like, why do I care about these Canadians? Number two, why do I care about Canadian politics? Number three, <laughs> why are you showing me two homosexual men kissing for shock value in the last panel? Like, what, you know, and I don't even think Jean, what's his name? Jean Claude? No. Jean Luc? Jean, no, that doesn't sound Dude, let's right. Let's just say North Star. North Star? I don't even think he's on the team. I, th- I thought that he was saying he didn't want to be on the team. So why? Jean Paul. Jean Paul, that's it. Thank you, thank you. Jean Paul Bobier. Well, did you ever like Alpha Flight? Have they been? Have you been a fan of them in the past? I don't think I've ever been there when they've been alive. Oh. I mean, the one time like they came back in New Avengers during the Collective, and then they got totally des- destroyed. You know, yeah. so I was like, "Well, these people are idiots. They can't." <laughs> I mean, and Sasquatch looks like a useless individual as well. You know, he was like he's like Chewbacca but bigger. Without comb to hand. I don't have to read it then. I am oh, good. don't waste your time, man. I'm not picking up. Another thing, why in the world are they doing a point one issue? <laughs> the first issue. <laughs> They're doing that with Ghost Rider, too. I wondered that, too. Ghost Rider 1 is not as much of a jumping on point as Ghost Rider point one. <laughs> that's, that's dumb. <laughs> All right, well, hey, we have some questions from the body politics, so we are going to answer those right now. Okay, first question. For some reason, I don't think either of these showed up on the Facebook, but they were in my email, so... Oh. Yeah. All right, first question. You tell us, oh, great Andy and Jared, should we, should we, the humble body politic, look forward to such arachnid nonsense flooding the pages of Amazing Spider books? What's your respected opinion? Who's that that, from? This, I believe, I think this was from Aaron as well. Okay. So he wants to know if we're looking forward, I'm assuming, to the to the big Spider-Man event? Yes. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. Well, Andy, you're you're the Spider-Man guy, so why don't you, before we get on that question, maybe just give us a brief um, synopsis or what you know about what's going to be happening. Curse you, Mayo. What? <laughs> Dude, I, I don't even know what it is. Oh, okay. Sorry. All right. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Marvel is proud to announce Spider Island, the comic book event of the summer from the best-selling creative team, Dan Slott and Umberto Ramos, kicking off this August in Amazing Spider-Man 667 with a special prelude in 666. The citizens of Manhattan, including some of Spidey's closest allies and deadliest foes, begin exhibiting the web-slinger's very own powers. But as Spider-Man must stop a seemingly insurmountable super-powered crime wave, he must also find out just who is responsible for mutating Manhattan. And the truth will irrevocably alter his world. Fans will get their first full-length lead-in to Spider Island in Marvel's special issue of Amazing Spider-Man, available for free at the participating comic shops on May 7th, free comic book day. 
Now, i got to be honest, I have not even read that issue yet. The free comic book day, Spider-Man. Um, you know well, how... I have to say, it was pretty sweet how you just rolled that right off of from memory. Like, that was a great synopsis of, of the upcoming Spider-Man event. Oh, well, I mean, thank you. You know, I, it took me a while to, to remember that. What I'm, what I'm thinking here, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Umberto Ramos. Um, Dan Slott, not so much. Um, oh, did I say it wrong? Umberto Ramos. Yeah, you just got to roll your R and you're good to go. Ramos. So, anyway, uh, I'm a huge fan of his, you know, but I'm, I'm a little disappointed that everybody thought that the 666 issue would have to do with... Um, Mephisto and mm-hmm. Brand New Day and One More Day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we already wrapped all that up, so I guess it has nothing to do with that. But basically, uh, this has, if I'm not mistaken, this has to tie in with the Jackal's return, doesn't it? I mean, it, it very well could. That would make sense for, uh, you know, rocking Spider-Man's world. Well, Jack- okay, for... For, for all our fans out there that don't know, the Jackal is the one that he tried. He made the original clone of Spider-Man, correct? Yes. Okay, and who turned out to be Ben Riley when he came back, who was the Scarlet Spider who was Spider-Man for a while, picked up the mantle. And then he was supposed to be, editorial-wise, he was supposed to be the original Peter Parker. And then they backtracked on that, and they found out that, no, he's the clone because the fans revolted. And that's what we lovingly call the clone saga. <laughs> lovingly? Really? A lot of people hate it. Yeah. But, there's man, there's a hardcore group of people that love it. They love um, Spider-Man's daughter that supposedly they never had. And then they also love Ben Riley. Now I'm a fan of Ben Riley, but the other two I can't say that I'm all that jazzed about. So um, and then he brought back he he had a clone of Gwen and all this stuff. So whenever he shows up, bad things happen. That's yeah. basically it. Um, we do find out through a convoluted retcon that uh, Norman Osborn had been pulling the strings the whole time for the Jackal. Um, so I, you know that's kind of. Who knows if that really is good and fits well into continuity or anything. So my opinion of this, in short, is it could be interesting. Um, I kind of liked how in Brand Brand New Day, how uh, Grim Hunt brought all the spider people together and kind of versus all the hunters. And I thought that was kind of like organic. But this seems a little forced. So, I, I don't know. I'm skeptical. Yeah. I thought Grim Hunt was awesome. I really liked Grim Hunt. But this this just kind of seems like um, maybe unless you and I are missing something. Because, you know, obviously we haven't read it. Uh, so, all we have to look forward to is what we've heard from Marvel so far. And uh, to me, it just looks like a bunch of mutated superheroes and people of New York that are mutated like Spider-like and Spider-Man has to get down to it. So, to me, that sounds like a pretty generic, you know, Saturday morning cartoon uh, show, but it could have a lot more depth. We'll just have to, I guess, wait till we read it. You know, I just don't like mixing the genres in my Spider-Man books because I, I would really appreciate two different Spider-Man books. One of them with a lighthearted, fun story, maybe some heartfelt stuff, and then the other one where you know he goes in and he really has a hard time with the villain and he has to overcome and 
you know, the main story happens, there's some sort of feeling of loss and then mm-hmm. triumph and, you know, that he has to examine his character each each time. And what we kind of get here is because we only have one book, we kind of get an amalgamation of both of those things and it kind of ends up, I don't know, hokey in my opinion. So do you prefer, kind of sidetrack, do you prefer um, Spider-Man titles before Brand New Day when there were a couple of them and they all had different feels or do you prefer, you know, pretty much a, a spy, Amazing Spider-Man every week? Uh, I No, I like multiple titles, hands down. I mean, yeah. when, when Tangled Web was coming out, I mean, you that was some pretty interesting stories and the whole thing was about people who interacted with Spider-Man and whose lives were expected... Uh, affected by Spider-Man and not necessarily daily involvement like the Black Cat with Spider-Man. But, you know, and then you got the Peter Parker, which was the more lighthearted stuff, and you never had to worry about him dying or anything in those. But amazing is where it all happens. You know, that was the hard-hitting changes that were going to happen. And as much, like I said, I love Ramos's art, but I don't know if it belongs in the flagship title of of uh, Spider-Man. Oh, you don't like Ramos's art for Spider-Man? Uh, I like his art for not the flagship title of Spider-Man. I don't okay. think he does it justice for the icon that Spider-Man is. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. All right. Did you have another opinion on this? You no, that was that was my opinion. Is that to me, it just seems like a mutated Saturday morning cartoon show. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. It's just what audience are you trying to appeal to. Yeah. All right. Question number two. Whom I apologize. I think it was Gabe Campos, but I'm not really sure. Um, okay, I realize that you guys have more than likely have had have more than likely have had many discussions on this subject and others like it. But this DC guy ticked me off because he felt no one from the Marvel Universe could defeat Superman, but I maintain that Hulk, Sentry, and Professor X could easily defeat him. What's your opinion, and did I forget others? Hmm, good question. That is a good question. Well, couldn't anybody with Kryptonite defeat him? He does seem easy if you have Kryptonite. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, Mary Jane Parker or uh, Aunt May, Moira McTaggart, you know. If you have kryptonite, let's take kryptonite out of the equation. Yeah, I think somebody and, – and here's the thing, you know, the whole comic book world is so subjective because, you know, in Secret War, you know, the Secret Wars back like in the 80s, you know, Molecule Man picked up a mountain and threw it on the heroes while Hulk was able to lift it. So Hulk held a mountain all by himself, was able to, you know, save everybody. But it's not in every issue that you see Hulk picking up entire mountains. Um, you know, so 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 a character's power levels, you know, differ from time to time. And and um, because otherwise, you know, Invisible Woman be, would be like the most powerful person in the world because she can just create an invisible bubble in your heart and you die. You know, but she doesn't use that power all the time. So it's kind of like, are you going to, take characters out of their maximum of what they can do, you know, or Magneto can stop the iron in your blood and you die, or, or, you know, are you going to take that extreme, or are you going to take an average of what 
the characters typically do from comic book to comic book, you know? Right, right. I mean, that's called the Red Queen phenomenon, uh, where in Alice in Wonderland, the Red Queen tells Alice that she has to run as fast as she can just to stay where she is. So that's kind of like inflation of character um, character powers and traits. Like if, if he has to come up against another villain, then he has to overcome it. But now he can overcome that villain anytime, you know, so then the, the next villain has to be even harder and then they have to be even stronger and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, somebody like, I think the Hulk could, you know, he could go toe to toe with Superman. I think Sentry could as well. Uh, cause Sentry is Marvel's Superman. He even has an S on his belt. And, uh, I mean, any telepath, you know, like Professor Xavier, you know, shut down his mind, something along those lines. But there are other characters, you know, like Phoenix. I think Phoenix could easily take out Superman. I think Thor could take on Superman. Uh, I think Silver Surfer could take on Superman. Uh, anybody like, you know, any cosmic entity like Galactus or somebody. I think Thanos would do a pretty good job. And I think there are a lot of people that could uh, whoop on Superman. I think those are all good answers. I didn't think about Silver Surfer, but I think he's good. I, I thought Sentry obviously could give him a run for his money, except the only thing is if Sentry had the... <laughs> this is going to sound totally nerdy. But <laughs> if Sentry has the power of a thousand exploding suns, <laughs> then Superman would get infinitely more strong right and wouldn't he yeah. get stronger <laughs> okay so all right i take that back but <laughs> yep nerdy nerdy moment accomplished <laughs> <laughs> all right what about victor von doom because superman does not do well against um like magic or the dark arts right yeah so i think victor von doom could really give him a run for his money and actually probably overtake him well he's so smart too you know kind of like probably mr fantastic could probably take him out too he could figure out a way to do it well that's true but i mean he's a hero yeah well so are thor and silver surfer and hulk are we just talking about villains no 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 i guess not i guess not all right right on right on all right before we get off the topic did you see the thor movie andy (laughs) you would question me I'm just of course. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I did too, so now we can talk about it. It's been yeah. so long since we did a podcast. It's been like a month. Yeah, it's been a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. We went opening day. We were going to go opening night, uh, but it was just too late for Jennifer to do a midnight showing. I gotcha. She but needs yeah. her, her beauty rest. Yeah, she's got this whole J-O-B thing going on every day from 9 to 5. So. Oh, my goodness. What a drag. I know. Like, loser. No. <laughs> no. I would never call your wife a loser. No, she's definitely not a loser. She's the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> but, uh, no, dude. Yeah, we saw the Thor movie. You and Jackie saw it, too, right? Yeah, we did. I talked her into going. We made a, a double date with, the, with the, my friend across the way who is a DC guy. He's a Superman guy. Boo. But he went, but he went and we all had fun. It was good. I thought it was I thought it was well done. I thought that um I listened to one review that um that said even though it was PG thirteen, it probably could have passed for PG, and I would almost agree with that. I thought it was in, in good taste and well handled. I'm not too big on the character of Thor, but I thought in general it was fun and exciting and uh visually impressive. 
No, you. I mean, you said everything I wanted to say, man. Like, uh, I thought they did really well with the Frost Giants and bringing them down to normal size because uh, I think it just it would have just made it just made the story a whole lot more believable. You know, just uh, having some people to fight their own size and stuff, and and characters like Heimdall and Voltstag, Like, I just thought they did really well with their characterizations. And um, uh, you're right. Like the the whole the whole rating was it could have definitely been PG. Like there wasn't nudity, there wasn't a bunch of language. There, I mean, there was violence, of course, but it was really well done. And just from Jennifer's point of view, you know, she's not a big Thor guy. Um, the only the only Thor that she really knows is um, from Superhero Squad, and she's always like, "Why is he talking like that?" <laughs> so, <laughs> And and he uh you know so he didn't say have at the every five minutes so that was cool and but from a you know outside perspective she was like that was just a really good movie that's somebody that doesn't you know they don't need to know anything about comic books and can watch this there's a love story she thought it was hilarious and I was <laughs> I was surprised too there was so much comedy in yeah it. there there was a lot of yeah it was good it was it was well placed too and not only that Straczynski wrote it well I think I think. The, the absolute best part about the movie, aside from anything else, from rating or characters or costumes or anything, was that it felt like it was made by the same people that made Iron Man. It just, it was so, the whole feel of it just felt like, and it, it should, you know, you want it to feel like it's in the same universe because you want all the movies to fit together, but it felt like it was directed and written and acted by the same people that were in those movies. It was, it was perfect. Yeah, I, I I was blown away. I mean, um, when I was trying to decide what movies I wanted to see in the theater this summer, because I have to be sparing about it, um, yeah. that was not on my list. It was uh, Captain America and Super 8 were on my list. What? <laughs> you weren't going to see Thor? In the theater? No, I wasn't. Oh, I say thee nay. Have at thee! No, I'm just so jazzed for Captain America. I'm like, I'm dying. I am itching to see that movie. I can't wait for Captain America. And um, I think I'm almost more excited for Captain America than when I found out they were doing a Spider-Man movie. Oh. (laughs) I have grown to love the character of Captain America so much from Brubaker's run. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I hope it lives up to it. And yeah. so anyway, I mean, in in my excitement for Thor kind of was, you know, pale in comparison. And I don't really like the character in the comics. Um, but I, I saw this and I was like, oh, sweet. And not only that, but the characterization of him going from um, a being of arrogance and, you know, foolhardy. And then finally understanding that people, you know, he has to be accountable to people and, uh, service and servanthood and stuff like that. It was it was good. It was nice to watch. I thought it was that it was subtle, but by the end you said, you know what, that's a different person. Yeah, good transition. And you're right. It did, it makes you interested in him because I I never really cared for Thor either. You know, his books have always just been kind of like eh, boring. You know, right. but now I, I'm like I want to I want to go back and read my Straczynski run of Thor and like I want to go get a Nerf. Thor hammer and run around the house. (laughs) I'm just, I love it. (laughs) One thing, the only thing I will complain about is I did not like the costumes. I thought I would, but I did not. 
What do you mean? Well, I like the chainmail on the on the arms. I thought that was good, and I thought that was well done, and I like that um, in the comics too. But everybody's armor, I wanted more armor, like that you see in Lord of the Rings or something like that. This was all like futuristic plastic armor if you're dressing up to play He-Man in your house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you hit it and you think it's gonna break in half because and like have those little those white marks where you twisted plastic until it broke, you know? Oh, I thought it looked like metal. I I didn't <laughs> see that at all. I mean his armor especially and then on top of that, um uh Odin's was pretty bad too. Well, I thought Loki was freaking fantastic. He was. He was good. That was so good. He oh. was good. And for him to be one of the villains in the Avengers movie, like, yeah, baby. <laughs> That's going to be good stuff. I was surprised. For some reason, I was surprised to see the Warriors 3, but I shouldn't have been. I mean, I should know that they were in there. Yeah. Um, it was weird that they changed uh, Jane Foster's um her her job though that was sort of strange yeah i i mean they're they're gonna take some liberties and i think they did better i think thor was probably one of the best adaptations you know yeah i thought it was good it's better than movie organic web shooters (laughs) yeah and the whole green goblin helmet and stuff oh man terrible and i heard i heard what'd you say X-Men in leather. Ooh. I, I thought that that was okay, the adaptation, but that was that was almost before I was reading, so. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's hit we have we have a special thing that Jared requested specifically to do. So let's get to our next segment. Special report. All right, in this special report, I didn't know whether to call this special report or fireside chat because we're going to be chatting with some characters. Each of us have picked three characters to assign to the other person and ask them at least one question and how they feel about that uh, to see, you know, to get an inside take on what these characters are going through. Would you like to go first or do you want me to set the example? Well, I just wanted to let the body politic know on a side note. Um, we actually have a staff position opening for the producer of our show. Um, <laughs> if you're if you're looking to possibly produce the show after this episode, um, we're definitely looking for one. What are you talking about? This is great. <laughs> the fans love this. I love this. All right. Well, why don't we hear from the fans then? That's, that's the challenge. I want to hear. We know about the fans have spoken. Andy does have a sultry voice. <laughs> what else will the fans say about this seg- these segments where we pretend to be characters? Please let us know. <laughs> you, you are desperately hoping that somebody says, this is lame, don't do this again. All we want <laughs> is news and commentary. I just need one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people keep talking about, they keep bringing stuff up. I, I think it's great. We got our own little culture on the board talking about rolking uh-huh. and also ice cream seems to come up a lot. Yeah, ice cream and rocking. <laughs> that people listen, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> All right, Why don't you go you, first. You are Colossus. All right, Colossus. 
How do you feel about Kitty being back, but being in this fishbowl helmet suit thing? <laughs> All right, I'm just talking as myself, right? No, you're talking as Colossus. Oh, you don't have to do an accent, but you're yeah, talking yeah, as okay. Colossus. Well, it just kind of um, it makes me think of one of my role models, Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> and uh, how. How when things weren't going right for him, he he just had to go out and uh, do what he needed to get done. I'm going to be heading back to the Secret Wars planet and finding my uh, little lady. Who And who is that? I think her name was like Leisha or Elsha. Or, she had some weird thing, but Colossus had an affair while he was on the Secret World planet. With some chick. Zaji. That was her name. Zaji? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Colossus, you're telling me that um, it, it's been tough? I can't touch her. I can't do anything. <laughs> and uh, heck, who even knows how old she is? Well, I guess that's true. But, I mean, like, she... I, I don't understand how she can stand on the ground, even. Or go How can through she that wear the suit is what I want to know. How can she wear the suit? Yeah, I don't know what the suit's made out of. Can't we kind of just paint her with the same material that the suit's made out of? Yeah, I so don't understand. When do you think that's going to be fixed? Hopefully, Ord will kill her. You you think you want her to die? Well, she should have gone in the bullet. I mean, really, I got other. I you know, I got stuff to do. <laughs> So you just so you you would prefer if that chapter of your life was just closed. Yeah, and I thought it was done, and then she came back. <laughs> so, what is your responsibility to her? Why don't you just break it off? How can I? She's how can you leave someone when they're at their their worst? She can't know. touch anybody. She can't eat. She can't speak. And I'm just gonna go and just continue to stick the invisible knife through her invisible heart and uh, leave her. Well, I mean, she seems to be going off with Emma and and uh, Shaw. I mean, wh- what does she need you for? Well, she was sleeping in my bed. Wait, are you guys married? No, we're committing adultery. No, not <laughs> adultery, just sin. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, the thing, I can't touch her. So what is that then? <laughs> <laughs> what is? That? She, I thought she. Was, I thought she slept in that little. Uh, that little like decompression tube thing, or maybe Obviously that you've not read the last, the latest issue of Uncanny X Men. Oh no, uh, I guess I haven't. Oh yeah. So that... fill me in. F- f- what happened? Uh, I was sleeping in my boxer shorts, and she's sleeping in her compression suit in my in my bed. And Ord attacked us, and his knife can actually hurt her. So, you're telling me that Kieran Gillen would. You think he would kill your your beloved? No. You don't think he's got the chutzpah? Not gonna do it. <laughs> okay. <sighs> All, All right. right, I'm done with this one. Okay, good. Good job. Right. Good job. Hey, see, that went well. <laughs> no, it didn't. It did. <laughs> no, because Colossus's morals and mine are totally opposite. <laughs> so it was really hard for me to talk like him. <laughs> Ugh. All right, you are Squirrel Girl. 
to you punishing me. <laughs> You're punishing right. me for this segment. You got it. <laughs> okay. All right, Squirrel Girl, why do you suck? <laughs> First of all, I don't, okay? I no, you do. Suck. No, you I don't. If I did, then would the Avengers, would the new Avengers hire me to be their babysitter? I don't think so. That's they trust the me. The writer has a crush on you. No, Why they, do you think Luke Cage became so popular? Because he's amazing. Have you seen his biceps? No, Squirrel Girl. Why do you suck? You command oh, no. squirrels and you have face paint. I like my face paint. It's war paint. Thank you very much. War paint to what? Fight well, beavers and raccoons? No, when I go into battle and and save that that little child who I can't think of her or his name right now. Mm. Real good nanny there. Well, you know, I just got the job. It sounds like you suck. It's better. I'm better than D-Man. You know that. Also a sucky. You guys should maybe team up. No, I don't think so. He smells. You should have taken on the collective instead of Alpha Flight. Well, I think I would have done a much better job. I mean, that Alpha Flight, they're a bunch of jokes. Yeah, either either way, you still have not answered the question of why you suck. I don't suck. I don't understand why you... Why do you think I, I, I suck? Why do you think I'm a terrible character? Uh-uh, this isn't back and forth. I asked the question. <laughs> well, uh, what team was I on? The GLA, Great Lakes Avengers? Yeah. Okay, first of all, nothing's happening in Great Lakes, okay? Detroit's a mess, yeah, but I'm not even going in there. That's ridiculous. That's like a suicide mission. Mm. So I'm not touching that. So beyond that, we got nothing to do. So if I do suck, it's because I don't get a whole lot of practice. At sucking? No, 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 no. I, fighting crime. Oh. Do All right, you, I'm done. Do you, okay. You're done. Okay. <laughs> you suck so bad, I'm not even going to finish the interview with you. <laughs> okay, well, now I don't feel so bad about this next one. Oh, God. <laughs> you are one, if not all three, of the living cuckoos. <laughs> <laughs> all right, tell me, Celeste. How do you feel about Gene's imminent return and what that means for your your mentor, Emma Frost? Well, that would be great because we all hate Emma Frost. All of you? All of us. We don't like her. But you do pretty much anything she says. Well, because she's our mentor and she's taught us a lot, but we've disliked her ever since she got our two sisters killed. How is that her fault? Because if she wouldn't have done this to us and brought us to the X-Men and manipulated us and tried to treat us like we're her hellions, it never would have happened. So you're happy that Jean's probably going to come back and she's going to be mad and ticked at Emma? Absolutely. Emma doesn't deserve any happiness. Okay, wow. Um, do you deserve happiness? Of course. Do we you, are happy, but we you, want our sisters back. So, But one of them was just pure evil, right? Well, she was on. She was hanging out with that Quentin Queer guy, Choir. Quentin <laughs> Queer. Yeah, Quentin Choir. He uh, he was bad news, right? Yes. He um, he almost single-handedly took down the school. Yeah. Well, I, all right. Let me ask you this follow-up question, then we'll be done. Um, do you like your skirts better, or do you like the? Um, I think during messiah complex or the return of, of the messiah or whatever we just went through um you had uniforms did you like your uniforms or do, would you rather the the skimpy schoolgirl outfits we're into uniform what 
we are into uniforms. Oh, okay, good, good. I kind of liked them. They were yellow and black, and they actually they look like you were part of a team instead of just this devious set of indigents. Well, I believe you were asking me the question. I wasn't asking for your opinion about it. Okay, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're Storm. Okay, good. Got it, Storm. Storm. How did you go from being Marvel's leading number one lady to a background character in the X-Men book? I'm not going to say it's racism, <laughs> but, 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 I will, but I will say that, um, you know, T'Challa, he's cute, and the heart wants what the heart wants, and, you know, Africa, there's not much going on there. I mean, now that we don't have the vibranium, I kind of got to hang out in Utopia, and I know T'Challa's doing his daredevil thing, going finding himself in the urban jungle. So, you know, he's on a walkabout spirit quest thing, and uh, I'm, I'm slowly trying to, I'm manipulating my way into it, but it's really hard. It's hard, because Wolverine, he's got his own team, and I totally disapprove of what he does. You know, Scott's making all these decisions for all of us, I'm just trying to fit in. What? You're a leader. You're not someone that just fits in. Right, but I mean, they keep, you know what? They keep forcing me down these little holes and everything, so I, you know, I'm a slave to my claustrophobia, and I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to deal with that. I mean, I was in a sewer, for goodness sake. Oh my gosh. That's a shame. So, okay, follow up then. So, if you are relinquishing the title, of Marvel's number one lady, relinquishing, you are no longer Marvel's version of Wonder Woman. Who would be, who's the replacement for Squirrel you? Squirrel Girl. You're not being a very good Storm. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, I think it's obvious that Squirrel Girl, I mean, she's got, she's, she's taken over as nanny for the Avengers. Um, I think she does a great job, you know? She's got that tail. Storm doesn't say you know. As you've known. <laughs> she doesn't talk like Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done with that. <laughs> All right, you are Havoc. All right. Where have you been? Yeah, I know. Tell the X-Writers. I've been stuck up in space, in jail, and fighting... The Imperial Guard and Vulcan and all kinds of crazy crap. Yeah, but you said you were coming home. I mean, what happened? Where are you? I should be home in about two or three issues. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. I'm tired of this green-haired lady and some clone, maybe not clone, Mother Ascani slash part of Jean Grey, maybe Cyclops' kid from the alternate timeline with me. Oy. <laughs> Well, I mean, it seems like you developed into quite a leader when you were out there. So when you get back, um, how do you see things going down? I mean, a lot has changed since you left. That's the thing. I don't know all that's changed. Because when I left, things were much, much different. Had we they were gone... still in New York, for goodness sake. <laughs> that's true. Um, do you think that you'll be happy with um, what you've heard, the, the decisions that Scott has made? What decisions has he made? (laughs) 
you know, to take the team out to San Francisco and hang out with the other marginalized uh, population of America. What? No, what? It's, no, it's true. He uh, he's actually on a a surfaced asteroid M, and but, he's living with Magneto. Is this like a what if? No, it's not. No, it's 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 uh, throughout all the books. You're a scroll. No, I'm not a scroll. He might be a scroll. I'm not a scroll. I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, for real, dude. Like when Havoc gets back, Havoc and Polaris and uh, Marvel Girl get back. <laughs> like, what happened? I know. I know. They're It'll yeah. Probably be brushed off. I need to figure out what was going on when they left. Well. I'm trying to figure out where they were. Half of them, they got left behind for the rise and fall of the Shi'ar Empire, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah. This was after, yeah, it came after that. Because Warpath just joined the group. And um, over in the other title was like Rogue and Sabretooth. And Mystique and Iceman, right? And Cannonball? Yes. Yes. The blinding light or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, like, Storm was getting married and... Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's a lot. A lot has changed. Because that was, like, in 2006. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. They've been up there for a long time. When I found out that Jean Grey was, like, she died in, what, 2002? 2004? Oh, right at the end of Grant Morrison's run. Yeah. yeah. Goodness gracious. I was like, man, it's been a while. Emma, I didn't realize Emma had been here that long. She's been here for a solid 125 issues, right? She's been the main squeeze? Yeah. Yeah. And she's been with the X-Men since 2000. 2001. Yep. yep, and we keep waiting for her to turn. All right, hey, well, good it. job. Uh, do I have one more or no? Yeah, you do. Okay. Deadpool. Okay. All right, Deadpool, if I get enough people to stop buying your books, will you cancel them? I don't think I can. I, I don't have any pull over the writers or editors or anything like that. If they like to write me, they like to write me. I don't know. But what? I just don't. What explain your zest to me because I don't get it. Look, the end game is getting on the X Men team. I'm one team away from getting there. I'm on Uncanny X Force and I'm well behaved. Okay, I can fit into a Ms. Marvel Marvel Girl costume like nobody's business. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that outfit was burned. I just don't understand. Okay, then explain to me the difference in attitude between Uncanny X Force and your other 17 titles. Well, you just act differently with who you're around. It's called adaptation. You ever hear the, you know, take off the mask, be who you are? Well, I have multiple personalities, so I can put on the mask and still be who I am. I know that Wolverine's not going to put up with much. I know that. But, let's be honest, I really like to mess with the Hulk. And I like to see what happens. I got a massive healing factor that I just want to try out, you know? Yeah. And really... I don't really care that much about pain. Well, hopefully we can get you canceled, baby. Well, I mean, we've already canceled Deadpool Team Up, which was my best title. <laughs> and uh, Deadpool Merc with a Mouth is gone. 
Deadpool core is gone. So I'm on my way out. But don't worry, I'll bounce back. I always do. Yeah, Even if the, they have the, to change me to Agent X and then say it wasn't me and then bring me back. and Ah, yeah, I have quite a history. <laughs> Good stuff, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See, that wasn't that bad. Ugh. It was all right. It was all right. I'll take that as you almost enjoyed it. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Man, we are moving right along. Let's do this. Our State of the Union. The State of Our Union. Right, State of the Union, obviously, we're going to be talking about, no, we're not going to be talking about Fear Itself. We're going to be talking about all the changes that the X-Men are coming up against right now, all at one time. It's amazing. Yeah, we're not really, we're not doing necessarily issues reviews for this episode. We're just going to be talking about what's going on with the X-Men. Right, let's see, what are the changes? We got... Uh, Giant Size X-Men number one, which I want to know if you even think that title is a good idea. Um, we have Prelude to Schism and Schism coming up. We have a new format for Ast- Astonishing X-Men. And then Legacy, we're dealing with the fallout of Age of X while they're rolling it into um, bringing the, uh, the Cosmic team home. So yeah. there's a lot going on. And actually... Um, X-Men number 11, it retouched back on the vampire, the Curse of the Mutants thing. I wanted to talk about that, too. Yeah, so, poor X-Men. They just got so much going on, man. I know. I know. So, which one, what topic do you want to hit first? We'll just hit them in order. It's fine. Okay. Uh, first to last. Giant size X-Men number one by your favorite of mine, Yost. I do like him. I know. He's good. He's very good. <laughs> He's great, yeah. So what did you think? What was going on in this issue? I don't even know who these people were. Yeah, this is like their first appearance, the Evolutionaries. It's It just seemed like it's another going back to uh, rewrite continuity in that something happened back during the, uh, the first few battles with Magneto and the Brotherhood versus the X-Men back in 63-64 time period. And there were these characters called the evolutionaries who want to eradicate mankind. And uh, it, this this issue just basically went back and showed us what we did not know happened. And how keeping these secrets about these characters, either by Cyclops or Magneto or whoever, um, is going to come and bite the X-Men in the butt because these characters are back. Now, what, what do you think about the whole thing where... Um they have to make sure that the evolution of man is preserved and the evolution of man is mutancy, mutanity, if you will, and all that. What do you think about that? I'm trying to remember. Is this the, uh, this is the issue where, is this the issue with the Neo? Yes. Okay. Who are, who are they? Well, the Neo, they were another species of, evolutionary mutants or whatever that Chris Claremont came up with uh, during the time that the X-Men movies were first coming out. And they were, I think he had it in mind for the big deal and was actually going to reveal that Shadowcat was a Neo all this time. 
but as soon as he got the axe, um, the Neo just sort of disappeared and uh, were eventually killed off. So okay, this so is like this was this was in. Give me some. Uh, give me some of the titles of the trades that were going on during this time. Oh, there were no trades back then. Oh, there were no trades for these. I thought you oh. said it was during the X Men movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the trade program really started to kick up during when uh, Grant Morrison came on board. Yeah, That's but what? What about all the? Uh, uh, she she. Like uh, last gray or something like that. What was that? She lies in mourning or blah blah blah. No. She lies with angels. Yeah. With husk and stuff. No, that yeah. that was that was, yeah. When Chuck Austin was writing those, while Grant Morrison was writing the others. This is right before. Right before is when Claremont got them. Claremont got them back. Uh, the X titles back around the time that the X movie came back came out, um, and it was called Revolution. And he wrote those, but people just hated them. Editorial hated them. So what happened was they said, all right, uh, Chuck Austin, you've got Uncanny. Grant Morrison, you've got X-Men. And Claremont, you pick some characters you want, and you can have extreme X-Men. Oh, so this is, okay. this is right before the whole the whole split into the three titles gotcha. happened. Yeah, and extreme X-Men focused on... Um destiny's diaries yes so this was about a year before all these three things gotcha see i was thinking of uncanny x-men the new age the end of history the cruelest cut on Uh, end of grays nope that was the third return (laughs) okay all right that was before uh hope and dominant species and holy war and draco oh yeah okay We'll see that. Uh, all right, I got you. Yeah, these aren't these aren't in trades. You can only get these in single issues. I see. For now. But it might happen. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was the Neo, and then so that's why when I picked up this issue, I was like, the Neo are back. Well, it wasn't the Neo that I knew because they're all dead. But uh, like some other some other versions of Neo characters. But these are like, some. Pretty cool characters, though. I mean, and when you look at them, I mean, first of all, the art is fantastic on these, wouldn't you say? Uh, some. There, no? there are hits and misses with this. Some of his art, he, I, I like the guy, because this is the guy that did the whole X Men vampire stuff. Um, Medina. Is that his name, Paco? Yeah, Paco Medina. Yeah. Sometimes he hits it, and other times, like, ugh. I thought, but, this, I thought this was great. So, it looks a little bit like Eminem. Mm, a little bit. I can, I can see the similarities. I can see where you see the similarities. Yeah, but it, I think I like it better. So, yeah, I don't know if maybe this, this whole evolutionaries thing... Um, because then I saw the sent, you know, that they talked about the Sentinels in the past and these evolutionaries coming back, um, and how they, you know, they made Scott forget, um, how they made everybody forget or whatever. It's just, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but do you remember back, probably two years ago, when Magneto first appeared and it was revealed that he got his powers from one of the Eternals, 
and using the high evolutionary technology. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think I, it was uncanny. I think it was X Men number two hundred. But there wasn't very much like. I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of closure about that. Like, why? No, there, no, there was not. There was not. And that was Fraction and Brubaker together. So, I don't know. I was just kind of guessing maybe that ties into this. Maybe that's a, a far stretch. It probably is, but... Well, I mean, I would think it's a far stretch, but I wouldn't put it past Yost because he knows what's up. He does. Now, I did think it was, uh, it was interesting that he's not writing with Kyle. And that's kind of the team that brought us the the X Force, and um, they were actually driving the entire plot for the X Men for three years. Mm-hmm. And so he's not writing with him, so I don't know what's going on. I think Kyle's more into the the animated te- television stuff. Is that right? Yeah, because he's doing all the Avengers stuff. Right. So he's he's got his plate full. But um, do you how much do you how much do you think that this is gonna tie into anything? Well, I mean, it's going to be continued in X-Men 12, but uh, I guess that's the whole thing, you know, just looking at the, the whole um, episode schedule, you know, what we're talking about with the X-Men, like, so much seems to be happening at the same time. Uh, it, it's just, like, one huge thing, like, do the does the whole vampire invasion have, where is that right now? I think it's done. They just disappeared, right? But Where? <laughs> well, I don't know, but I do know that this new vampire series is coming up that Gishler's going to write, and he used X-Men 11, and then he used Dracula Throne of Blood to to launch and go into his series and just use it as a marketing piece for his new series, which I didn't really appreciate. <laughs> yeah. But, so I mean, I... what I don't understand is how can you hype something, a new writing team, and... Have them on for two arcs, two story arcs. I mean, yeah, it was a year, but only two story arcs, and then you're going to just change it up? Yeah. I mean, it makes me think that something didn't work out, you know? I'm sure. You know, we'll never know all the the behind-the-scenes stuff. But um, I guess where I was just going with it was so much is happening. I mean, so you've got, you know, we just had hope, you know, hope in the new generation. We've got hope still on the island, but we don't really see her. We've got vampires that just happened. Jubilee got turned into a vampire. Um, but in the meanwhile, we've got all these, the aliens from Breakworld that are on the island. Shadowcat has returned. The The team is divided because there's going to be a big blow up between Cyclops and Wolverine and the X-Men's going to split. But now the evolutionaries and the Neo are attacking at the same time. Wait, oh, but don't forget too that there's this astonishing title and so the teams have split up every six issues. The X-Men are splitting up and going on these other adventures. Like, whoa. You know, it's just so much is happening at one time. It's it's almost the point of it doesn't make sense anymore, and it takes away a whole lot of that importance factor. Right, and now there's there's only one Spider-Man title. Yeah. But this the Yeah, exactly, exactly. I would rather put X-Men out every week. So there's at least some continuity to it because basically, you know, we knew the vampires were going to hit and, oh, well, it doesn't matter the next issue. And so then what about this evolutionaries thing? Is it going to matter the next issue? Is it going to matter when the team splits up? Like, it's just way too much. 
another thing is, you know, we saw we, we saw the promo for Heroic Age and Dracula was on the promo for Heroic Age. And we were like, oh, he's going to play a major role. But the Heroic Age is over. Yeah. And they had one one story. And he didn't play that much. I mean, so where's the fallout to all this? How can we have all this going on and we don't get to understand what the fallout is? Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that over the past five years, I would say that the X-Men have been in the shadow of the Avengers and all the other... I mean, because the Avengers are kind of driving Marvel for the past five years. Do you think that's turning around? Uh, I don't think... I. I don't think it is, and I think it's deliberate on Marvel's part. Never never have the Avengers had this many titles, you know, with characters all over the place, had this kind of a presence on TV and in the movies. And if you think about it, all right, the Avengers movies, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and the Avengers, they're all Marvel-owned. You know, Marvel's making these movies, and they're going to make money off these movies. Right. X-Men is under Fox. They've tried to get the rights back. Fox is like, let's drive the series into the ground. You know, they're not making <laughs> any money, like zero dollars off that. So, what books do you think Marvel's going to focus on, trying to make make the most money off of? Avengers. It only makes sense. You know, so Avengers are getting thrown in your face for every title. They're the ones that are on TV. You know, it's just it's Avengers, and it it, it just makes sense from a business standpoint. Do you think that's why Fraction moved from the X-Men to two of the three top Avengers? I mean, it could be. I would put my best people on the books that I want to make them that I think are going to make us the most money. Right. So then why move Fraction? Say burn, what? burn. No, he did move. They did move Fraction or they didn't? No, they did. I'm saying he, I don't think he's that good. Oh, well, but Marvel thinks that Bendis is awesome. I think that Bendis is awesome. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does a great job. I mean, he's not awful, but he wouldn't be my first pick. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. He's not awful, so he's number two? Well, he's definitely not number two. He's, well, not, he's no Straczynski. Well, Straczynski's good, but he is he is arrogant. Straczynski Bitburg. is good. Straczynski is good, hands down. But I think Bendis, his ideas, I mean, his execution's a little off. I love his dialogue, but uh, his ideas for where the Marvel Universe needs to go is, I mean, it's breathtaking. <gasps> You've got a bromance <laughs> with Bendis. You're just like Joe Quesada. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first to last, we'll see. All the Neos are dead now, so we got closure to that. And oh, we then, thought they were all dead ten years ago, too. Right, so we got extra, extra closure to that. <laughs> um, so we're going to see what happens with the next step in the evolution of the mutant kind. Which, hey, you know what? This might actually be a big deal because of the 198 and Wanda and everything. Yeah, it could be. I, I, don't, I don't see a whole lot coming out of it. You don't think it? You don't think it ties into the survival of uh, the mutant race? Um, I mean, it could because the Neo. They were like, once that happened, no more Neo were born. But now we know a new mutant was born, so it very well could. I just don't think it's going to have a huge effect on what's going on. Gotcha. Hey, uh, Storm got a couple lines in this book. I know. I was like, whoa, who is this? 
Who's writing this? This is Look that white-haired lady. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Astonishing's new format. What do you think about that? Well, I told you what I thought about the last one. Why don't you tell me what you think? I think this is a waste of time. Cancel the <laughs> I book. <do> too. <laughs> Cancel the book. What are we doing? First of all, the art is crap, man. Did you see this? Yeah. And it's like we got, anime. We got two different writing teams. Who we have? We have Daniel Way and Christos Gage. All right, both of them are B-level writers. I like I like uh, Daniel Way's stuff. I think he 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 in a roundabout way he's got big stories to tell. Um, but I don't see any purpose for this book at all. And then we switch back to a totally different story, which, you know, finish one arc before you do. Like, I, I don't I don't even get what they're trying to do. And then the, the art's awful. And we got Abigail Brand and some character that I don't recognize is pretending to be Beast. <laughs> And all this brood crap, ah, it's ridiculous. I mean, the long-awaited return of Kitty and Lockheed, that reunion? Come on. <laughs> Do yeah, people I'm, I'm care about a drunken Lockheed? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, Astonishing uh, X-Men should have been like Yas Whedon's baby. And it should have been done at issue 24 and Giant Size X-Men. It should have just been done, wrap it up with a bow. And it's done. You know, we shouldn't have gone any farther. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, now they're trying to make up for making it come out every every three, five months. Now they're yeah. releasing it every two weeks. No. But even in the, the main titles, you know, they're going back and they saved Kitty from the bullet. And they're going back to all this break world stuff. Like, it should have just been left. To me, it should have is like the biggest mistake, one of the biggest mistakes that ever happened in all of Marvel's history, was probably bringing Jean back from when she was Dark Phoenix. They should have had the Dark Phoenix saga. It was amazing. People still talk about it today, and it should have just been done, and it would have been one of those awesome stories you go back to. But then you resurrect her and kill her, resurrect her and kill her, bring back the Phoenix. No, she doesn't have the Phoenix. Somebody else has the It just waters it down from what originally it was, and I think that's what's happening with Yoss's run. It was so good. It was great. Leave it where it is and don't try and change it. I don't think it was all that good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, there were parts of it that were good, but I mean, it was... I don't know. I I would have to go back and reread it, but by the end, by the time it wrapped up, I was like, holy cow, this is far-fetched. I mean, I like the first six issues, Gifted, for sure, but the other ones... So, but but the only good thing I can see coming out of this and going back to Breakworld in Uncanny is that maybe Kitty Pride will be fixed and we'll have her back. But no, that's what I'm saying. Like, he put her on the bullet. That's his favorite character, and he sent her off to be gone. Should have just been done. You don't you don't think she should have ever come back? No, because because she went out like a. She freaking saved the world. She went out like an awesome hero, and I had mad respect for that, you know? Yeah. It was it was just a great... She went out like a hero. She she didn't go out, you know, by teleporting and Bastion's arm went in the middle of her. She didn't <laughs> go out being destroyed by Nimrods or, or whatever, killed Cable. Like, she didn't go out like that. She went out like a, a an awesome hero. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. And there's a difference in, in bringing her back like that or <clears throat> bringing somebody back like the way they brought back Bucky or Colossus. Those were fantastic ways to bring characters back. By having Magneto go out to a mountain and his nose bleeds and he pulls a bullet back to Earth. That, <laughs> that doesn't, no. You know, what did she eat for all those months she was gone, you know? Right, right. All right, so we agree this book just needs to be canceled. Yeah, it, they shouldn't even publish what they have drawn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and man, Xenogenesis is such a... See, I don't understand why they're doing all these astonishing. They're doing Astonishing Thor, which isn't bad. I've been reading it. It's pretty good. And they're going to do Astonishing Captain America. They have Astonishing Wolverine and Spider-Man. What, what are these books... What purpose do they serve? They're not... I mean, they're supposed to be within continuity, so they're not like the Max series. You know, like... There's all ages, there's 616, and there's Max. Astonishing is like the redheaded stepchild that, <laughs> you know, you kind of want to be on, but what's the point? Yeah, make up your mind. Are you in continuity? Are you not? Are you going to have any effect? Are you not? I say just make it like the ultimate universe with Astonishing. It's stories that could fit in continuity, but they don't. If you just want to read about some characters, read these. Yeah, they're so... Uh... I mean, I, I appreciate that they're very careful with their continuity and everything and the, the multiverse. Um, but they're so wrapped up in it that they just they can't write just stories. And I, you know what, I'm I'm guilty of this too because during Deadpool Team Up, the last issue, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't right. That character's over here. They're not here during this time period. And then I was like, wait a minute, this whole book has been out of continuity. Why did I waste my time with it? So <laughs> I get wrapped up in that too. But still, at the same time, if you just want to write some good stories or say, hey, this story takes place such and such a time. Because the whole Iron Man Legacy series that thankfully isn't anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was uh, it was in continuity, but wasn't present continuity. It was peppered all throughout Iron Man in between the stories. And it didn't. It didn't retcon anything as far as I know. It wasn't that pivotal. It was just like, oh, here's a good story. It's in continuity. It fits in between these. I wouldn't mind that. All right. Uh, You want to talk about... um, Well, we kind of talked about X-Men 11 and 12 already. You want to talk about um, Schism or Legacy? Uh, Well, I mean, I think, you know, we had a question about Schism. We kind of talked a little bit about Schism. Um... I think Prelude to Schism, the two that have come out so far, have sucked royally. No, just... t- why? Why? What did they tell you? What did Nothing. they add? Exactly. Yeah. They they didn't tell... They It was like throwing money out the window. It was... You know, these these two books probably made me more upset than any book I've, I've read in a long, long time. Because it was just wasted. This was just like blatant... Hey, we'll throw schism on it. People will buy it, and we'll make some money. It was ridiculous. But schism, I'm really looking forward to. Just not these prelude issues are. They're just awful. Well, I I like Jenkins as a writer, and I think he does good, thoughtful writing. I liked him on his Captain America in the battlefield stuff series, and um, I liked him, you know, with his was his Peter Parker Spider Man, obviously, and so. I still have faith that there's a payoff coming. I think that the next two issues are going to focus on 
like the next one is going to be Wolverine, I think, and how Wolverine talks to Scott, and then the next one is going to be Scott and his own feelings. And I think that it's not his fault that we don't know what's going on. I think that's editorial. And I think he's showcasing, okay, here are the different views that Scott has to choose, and eventually he's going to choose something that's going to tear everybody in half. Uh, it could be, but it I feel like it could be d- written in three pages. Well, so far what we've seen, yeah, it could be written in three pages. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I think you know what I'm saying. Anybody that's read it knows exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, we get stories about, you know, previous life and stuff like that of uh, Xavier as well as, hey, is that where Xavier, we, we got the story of Xavier who was, he was, um, like on the safari or something? Dude, you know what? I read about three or four pages of both of them in the past, and I skipped and and only read the parts that were happening currently. Okay. To see if I could find any meat to a sto- to the story. A lot of that. I mean, has it been this long that I that I don't know Xavier's character anymore? <laughs> has it, I mean, has he really been on the shelf that that long that we? Because the first thing I thought was, why would he use mind control? He has such a more like high morals, but apparently he doesn't because he sent a team to their death in Deadly Genesis. Like, you know. What's going on? This guy was amazing. He 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 wanted peace, and now he's just a a, a trash character that they yes. kind of pee on. Yep, they just anything they can think of just destroyed Xavier's character. I don't know why they do that. I mean, am I supposed to be sympathizing with Magneto? I have no idea because Professor was always a great character, but uh. Yeah, they've just retconned him so much into just being this, you know, amoral, disastrous, awful man. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Yeah, it's terrible. That's terrible. But but then with Legacy, yeah, I think Legacy, uh, I haven't cared for Legacy. I know you've liked it. Um, But I think, hopefully I'll be caring more, you know, when the three come back from space. I'm really looking forward to that. How soon do you think that's going to be? I thought it was going to supposed to be issue two, like two fifty one, two fifty two. Okay, so a few months. That's good. Yeah, just like three issues, I think maybe. What do you think about them? I mean, I know that this book has had uh, a rotating cast of characters, but what do you think about them bringing Legion and now Frenzy to the forefront? And that's part of the reason that this book is hard for me to swallow. It's like, who cares? <laughs> you know. Frenzy's like an uh, a Y list character. She's so far down. Who Look, is she? I mean, where did she come from? Frenzy was an uh, an Aceloit. Is that how you an Aceloit on Magneto's Aceloits? Acolyte. Acolyte. An Acolyte. Whatever. And that, <laughs> <laughs> I just pronounced it for forever. I remember when. Um, remember when you probably don't. You were into comics then. When trading cards were so big. Marvel yeah, I, I do actually. I wasn't in the comics, but I had some of the training cards. Oh, dude! Like in the '90s, those were it. Yes. And, and there was this purple-haired character named Psylocke. You know, you know Psylocke. Yes. Psylosh. Well, exactly. She wasn't on the animated series. I didn't know how to say her name, so until she showed up, she was Fizzlock. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Fizzlock. Yeah. And that's how my cousin and I would play with her when we had our 
our uh, when we play X Men and stuff, we play as Fizzlock. But so sorry about the acolytes. No, no, no. I I, <laughs> I totally understand. Uh, maximum carnage. Carnage. It was French. We oui, we. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> it was hey hey tailspin was really big at the time. Don Carnage. You know. Dude, it makes sense. Yep. Yep. How else are you gonna spell carnage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with frenzy, she was on the acolytes way back in the day, like in the nineties. With Exodus? Yeah, with Exodus and Cargill and or maybe it's Cargill. Who knows? And <laughs> and, like all these characters. And uh then the Acolytes broke up and uh Magneto returned and all the X Men were gone. So Gene had to put together a team of Loserville X Men. Um, to battle Magneto, and it was Gene and Polly Provenza and Dazzler and Northstar and Frenzy, and so they battled, and then Frenzy disappeared again for years, and now all of a sudden Frenzy is back, and she's like one of the the main people of this book. Like you, you're like this loser character. What are, you should not be. Oh, and she was part of the Marauders um, on Sinister's team. For a while. Hmm. So she was like Scott's lover in the other, or Basilisk. Yeah, that was so out of left field. Well, I mean, it was like a strange alternate dimension or, or, you know. It was, but I guess, you know, look at the characters that we saw. We saw all characters that we're kind of pretty much familiar with. And then Frenzy. (laughs) Not only as just this character to pop up out of nowhere, but she's a main part in love with Cyclops. Yeah, I didn't understand. And the thing is, she kept... She was one of the only ones that decided to keep all her... all her memories, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that what what Carrie's trying to do is... Um, he's trying to give himself an excuse to write her. And what I mean by that is, if 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 he has um, motivation and current current continuity that people remember for her, then he can write her the way he wants to. Yeah, no, it's perfect. It makes sense. You know, you don't have to worry about any of the past stuff. You just write about what's happened in the past six months. Yep. yep. That's all that you remember. Now the thing is, why would he want that character? Like, what 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 purpose does she serve? Because usually when you're picking characters. You don't pick them because you like their name, or you don't pick them because they're right there. You pick them because, okay, well, I need a, a loose cannon character, or I need, you know, something like that. Well, so, I mean, it's a character that can basically, he can start her from scratch, but she still has some sort of connection to be one of the, you know, 198 mutants on Utopia. I guess that's true. Oh, 199, if you read Secret Avengers number 13... No, I'm really behind on Secret Avengers. Dude, don't waste your time. Secret Avengers. Oh. Okay. I don't know. Maybe maybe you would like it because it wasn't any Secret Avengers I know. It was like an X Men book. <laughs> it was it was insane. Hank McCoy and some senator who turned out to be a closet mutant, and that was that was pretty much it. These fear itself tie-ins suck, man. <laughs> fear itself tie-in. Secret Avengers. It has nothing to do with the Avengers. <laughs> or fear itself. <laughs> Man. 
All right. As we bring this to a close, we come to one of our favorite segments. Thank you, listeners, who have been with us this long in this podcast. Oh, it's about to pay off because we have our Tina Award. The Tina Award. I just love these awards. It's, it's what does it for me. <laughs> but I think this, this is going to be a little harder because we didn't have individual issues. Yes, you're right. One of mine will be hard, and then um, one of them you probably are smart enough to get. Well, I tried to talk about mine. I appreciate that. I, I lacked some foresight, to be honest with you. Well, if yours are like having to do with Daredevil and Elektra, you're going to be minus one. Okay. <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> How many you got? I got three. I got two. Okay. All right. All right. You know who is doing you know what. You know who is doing you know what. This is tough. Is it prelude to schism? No. You know who is doing you know what? You know. This isn't about Colossus and Kitty, right? Nope. Okay, all right. All right, I got one more guess. Um, I don't have one more guess. It would be the whole evolutionaries with Cyclops and Magneto possibly having secrets about them. But how does that fit? Because you know who is doing you know what. Wait, I know who, which one? Which one? Wait, what? Who? I know who, who. What? Right, is doing what? What are you talking about? I don't no, see that's, how... the thi- that's the thing, like, Magneto knows about what's going on. He knows... And he's known for a while. He doesn't so you know, you know Magneto, who's doing you know what. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. That's terrible. Oh, I, that was my best one. That oh, was that's that, this is gonna be awful. <laughs> no, that was perfect. Okay, I'm gonna give that, you. I'm gonna give that, you my worst one. No, that's all about keeping a secret, and Magneto's been keeping a secret about the evolutionaries. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. I, I'm sorry, do you want me to spell it out for you? I, I did, yes. <laughs> but now that you've done it, I don't need you to harp on it. <laughs> Just have another beer, Andy. Relax. I'm not, I have to drive home. <laughs> I don't drink all the time. Oh, my goodness gracious. If Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I have like one beer a month. That's 12 beers a year. What about like maybe beer flavored ice cream? No, I know absolutely. I don't need ah yeah. <laughs> on an hey, airplane. On <laughs> this is hey, I did find out that I do like frozen yogurt. Ah, that's good stuff. If it's sour, I don't like sweet frozen yogurt because I get very thirsty. <laughs> so like lemon. <laughs> right, it has to be tart. Okay. 
Yeah. So do you like um, uh, like sorbet? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's kind of like a softer version. It's a lot fruitier. Um, softer as in it melts faster? Because then absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. If if we're gonna still do either the Chicago Con or whatever, we'll have to go and like get some sorbet and frozen yogurt and ice cream and just test everything out. I want Chicago style pizza. Dude, that's some good stuff. Okay, the deep okay. dish pizza is amazing. When is the Chicago Con? It's in August, I think. When did tickets go on sale? Uh, they might already be on sale. We need to look into that. We might. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, mine. Till the right man comes along. Who's going to be the leader of Schism? That is a good guess, but no. I'm going <laughs> to tell you what book it's in, and you're okay. going to tell me the character. Legacy. Uh, Cyclops? No. Or Frenzy? No. Oh, Havoc? No. Legion? Yes! <laughs> okay. <laughs> well done. After your five guesses. (laughs) But now how does this apply? Well, I mean, they keep dialing up his personality, so they keep trying until the right man comes along. I see. Okay. (laughs) I gotcha. I see. Oh, I get it. Yeah, that was (laughs) tough, because I I forgot to talk about Legion. That's all right. That's all right. Okay. Um, I'm glad I have your forgiveness. (laughs) It would be a crime. It would be a crime. It would be a crime to let Astonishing keep going? Mm, that is true, but uh, that's not what I was thinking of. Okay, it would be a crime to spend money on Prelude to Schism? <laughs> I can see how a lot of these could be. It could be a crime. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a crime to not answer the question about Magneto when you're bringing in the evolutionaries? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It was... <laughs> It was going back to revisiting all the Breakworld stuff. Let's oh, go. dude, I was going to say that, but Uncanny's not even on our list. Oh. That's <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> okay, what? What would be a crime? It said what? Tell me how it relates to Breakworld. Oh, okay. We're having major miscommunications. <laughs> <laughs> No, it'd be a crime to go back and revisit that. They should have just put the, you know, left it at giant size X-Men, you know, back under Whedon and been done with it. But now we're going back to it and we're bringing them to Utopia and blah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But you're right. All the other stuff was also a crime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, your second and last one. 
Overnight Sensation. Frenzy. Well done. That was amazing. <laughs> you, and why is that? It's it's obvious. Like I've never heard of this character, and she showed up, <laughs> and now she's a main character in the book. One of five. <laughs> she's got twenty percent of the book right there. That's ridiculous. <laughs> totally agree, man. Maybe they'll kill her off. <laughs> you know what? They may eventually kill her off, but it's going to take a year and a half at least. <laughs> Write it down. That's my prediction. <laughs> right. <laughs> And here I thought Legacy was going to actually go back to adjectiveless. Mm. I was that naive. Did you think that or no? Well, it can't because there is an adjectiveless, adjectiveless title. Well, I know, but I mean, that's what makes me know that I was wrong. Oh, I see. Yeah. And hopefully that'll get canceled. Well, I would like to see them combine the two books and keep the Legacy numbering. Yes. Keep the numbering. Get rid of that team. Right. Who cares about those people? Right. So basically, cancel Legacy and change the numbering on X-Men to Legacy's numbering. I agree. I'm with you there. Does numbering matter? Yeah, because those big numbered issues, they do a lot. Well, let me ask you this. Journey to Mystery just changed back to 622, but Thor number one started. And then Captain America number one is going to start. I think it'll eventually change. You think it'll change back when they get the issue 700? Well, I mean, how many titles have have done that, you know? Well, Lots of titles. A recent thing, though. That's in within the past two years. I, I think so. I think it they it's good to change, like, uh, for, you know, when a movie comes out or when there's a big... Uh, you know, you, you don't want to send a, a kid into a comic book store to get, you know, Captain America number 732. Like, oh, crap. I've got 731 issues to buy, you know? Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before. I'm just astonished at how, like, FF number one, Alpha Flight number one, X-Men number one just happened, Captain America, Thor number one, Avengers, all of those restarted. Yeah. I mean, it's a young it's a young generation right now, a young series. It's, oh, yeah. <clears throat> and the only one that's not right now is... Journey of the Mystery, Captain America, which I, I don't think another book's going to keep going. I think it's just going to turn into number one, unless they do a Winter Soldier book. And then um, Spider-Man, right? Those are the only three? Uncanny. Oh, and Uncanny. Well, I, th- I heard that uh, Bucky was going to bite the dust. You heard he was going to die? Yeah. I haven't heard that. I heard uh, he may be on his way out. In fear itself. I heard that he... That would be so anticlimactic. They bring him back just to kill him again a few years later? Well, I this is just the rumor I heard, was that he was going to go because they don't want two Captain Americas at the same time in the movie. Well, that's true. And I heard that Steve was going to pick up the mantle again, and that's why Bucky is in the gulag right now in Russia. But I could totally see him carrying on as like, a reformed winter soldier or something like that. Yeah, I, I I really like that character. I hope it's not true. You sound so sincere, it brings a tear to my eye. <laughs>
Oh no, I do. I just bought his action figure this week. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? His cap or his Winter Soldier? Uh, cap. Zari had a Winter Soldier from the Marvel Universe line. Right on. Fantastic. Yeah. All right, what's All your right. last one? Last one is falling. I fall for you. Oh, yeah. And forever, and forever. Without it, I just keep falling. Prelude to schism or schism? Mm-mm. Astonishing? Nope. Dang it. Legacy? Yep. Ah, falling. The oh, they're coming down from space. There you go. <laughs> ah, right, 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 right. Nice. I mean, I would understand landing maybe a little bit, but falling. <laughs> I that was sing kind of... landing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right on. Yeah, they're coming down. I'm actually looking forward to it. I really enjoyed those characters when I was reading them, and now I don't know if I do, but because it's been so long. Yeah. Yeah, I I hope that they do at least one issue of just reaction to what's happened. uh, Yeah, I hope so too, because I don't see how they can... There's so many characters right now that they have to deal with, that they're rotating through, that um, and they're really not doubling up on a whole lot of characters, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe Cyclops and Emma, but not a whole lot of other characters. And um, they still can't tell very cohesive stories because there's just too many people to play with and when you throw these people in the mix they're going to get lost and then you're going to see them in the background acting normal and like knowing what's going on they need to there needs to be a division and they need to stick out like a sore thumb and hopefully they'll play into schism and say hey you've gone off the deep end we're going with the old school type of thought process yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm hoping Schism will, like, maybe break the teams up into, like, the blue and gold team. <clears throat> it would be nice. I, I mean, I, I guess they wouldn't have to coordinate their efforts, so to speak. I, I guess they could go and save the world regardless of each other. Yeah, well, uh, no, I mean, the, when the, because you were into books at that time, but when the, the X-Men were split up into the blue and gold team, it was great. You know, Storm had her team. And they were doing their thing, and Cyclops had his team, and they were doing their thing. But because they all lived in the same place, it wouldn't be weird, you know, to see Iceman and Colossus in the regular X-Men title and see Cyclops and Wolverine in the Uncanny title. Hmm. It was good. I, th- I thought they executed it pretty well. But they weren't at each other's throats, though. No. No. Okay, so this might be more like Mighty Avengers and New Avengers. Well, will they be fighting against each other, or will it just be Cyclops and Wolverine don't agree? Everybody else is like, hey, we're still friends, but we're going to choose to go with this one. I don't know, but that's a good question. Like, if they, if everybody just gets mad, how likely is that to be realistic? Like, I can understand if you eventually have to choose up teams, but you still are like, yeah, this is how it has to be, so you're not like... But, like, actually not liking everybody else on the other team. And also, I want to know how McCoy fits into this if he if he does it all. If he's like, oh, those people are just ridiculous, and now there's two sides of them i got to deal with. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have not liked him since he left. Not, no. No. I, I thought it was going to be a good move for him, but I haven't cared for it. No, not at all. I, the whole Secret Avengers team is terrible. 
Uh, yeah, it's an awful cast. I, I don't know. I just think it was poorly handled. I think the cast has a lot of potential, but there's no, it does not gel, which makes it it's weird because Brubaker is such a great writer. Well, I guess. I mean, those are I guess those are kind of your street level type characters that you like, anyways. You know. Some yeah yeah they're like espionage street level. Yeah, and I just could not care less. Uh, the new Moon Knight title, number one, was amazing. Nah. Did you read it? No. Oh, it was good. It was really good. Daredevil's coming back. Ghost Rider's coming back. Uh, Punisher. I'm looking forward to all these. Heroes for Hire. I'm really enjoying that one. Well, I mean, and that makes sense. That's your that's your type of character that you really like, you know. Yeah, I, I I really have a hard time with the all-powerful characters that can solve any problem. Yeah. Once again, thank you to DCBService.com for sponsoring this amazing episode of Marvel 616 Politics. You can find us at Marvel616Politics.com. Email us at Marvel616Politics at gmail.com. Or, and, follow us on Twitter at 616Politics. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. That's where we do most of our, our interaction, and we'd love to have you and your friends join us. You can give us a call with Angie's sultry voice on the other end at 616-755-TINA. All right, and I, I guess that's it. Keep, keep sending in your emails, your questions. We don't get many emails, but we do get a lot of questions on Facebook Hey, if you want us to answer it on the show, mark it, mark your question as answer on show. Um, if you think about it, so that we know that that's uh, one you want us to spend more time on than just 140 characters. And uh, keep sending in your voicemails. So, until next time, make yours Marvel 616 Politics. Like Onslaught, knock down vinyl hot as Sunspot. He's hunting more locks. Some sure Psylocke will save him from enslavement. It's a long shot. X Factor in Excalibur. Reward the Fantastic Four. Plus one more. Kingpin was just a mortal. Removed from the mix. And now it's Mr. Sinister's Insidious Six. Polaris the pacifist. Galactus the activist. Acting on his hunger for your planet. That's the last of it. Make no mistake. Mystique is messing with me. With mutants like her. My trust is kind of iffy. If we go back to wild style. Wild child. Wild saber. Now she's seeing red skull, I can't say that today is dull Strong guy smashed upon the wrong guy, out of control Don't take lightly the mighty Thor, he might forfeit Yeah right, I'm sure, externally yours I work with whatever hand I'm dealt I felt, I needed more vinyl to melt And so it goes with help from superheroes I felt, I needed more vinyl to melt Mr. Fantastic, could you reach around the corner down the block To the store and grab me a pop can Torches in the kitchen cooking something hot And Cyclops went to 7-Eleven to get some eye drops While I'm waiting for Gambit and Thing to drop on I got my magic mic in case Apocalypse should try what? To step up, but my rap is uncanny And I heard Namor could float the offshore I mean, can he? No, Wolverine, I need a clean cut And don't say but this time With this rhyme, we'll fall short of fresh fish line Storm, you got on too much eyeliner Just used to go to Silver Surfer's Diner off the coast coast The most she could do is call Rogue Probably posing for Rogue, but instead she Now the devil's giving me static, about to get dramatic. Now the nowhere came Colossus who would
bosses earlier But blocked the bullets from their devils automatic I had about enough of this So I unleashed my magic mic and blew them away I'm melted vinyl I work with whatever hand I'm dealt I felt I needed more vinyl to melt And so it goes with help from super heroes I felt I needed more vinyl to melt I work with whatever hand I'm dealt I felt I needed more vinyl to melt And so it goes with help from super heroes I felt I needed more vinyl to melt The Punisher met his match so I scratched his kitty pride Pulled the gun on me crying on the inside We didn't get along back then times were hard Melt. 